You're listening to Tracks in Sci-Fi with Rico Dosky. The weekly podcast for geeky goodness. Now here's your host, Rico. And good morning or good day to everyone. This is Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi, the weekly Star Trek Sci-Fi and Geek Fest brought to you uh, from Rockford, Illinois this week, sponsored by Green Tea. Drink some. It's good. Anyway, today is February the 28th, 2010. This will be podcast number 268. My gosh, we got like 30 two podcasts whatever number of weeks that is to uh, go till podcast 300 oh better start preparing anyway we're going to do sort of a typical normal usual podcast this week other than uh some of the recent ones last week was that video cast about star wars fan films i hope everyone enjoyed that it took uh quite a bit of time to put together but uh I, i really like doing those you know if i had all the time in the world i think i've maybe said before i'd probably do a video cast every week uh, even though you know it's a lot to do it's, it is fun and, and i enjoy that quite a bit especially since so much that we talk about is so visual and and, and that is so important so anyway uh, this week though we're going to cover a deep space nine episode from season six the episode is called resurrection and it's another one that's sort of connected to the mirror universe that they did uh, quite often on Deep Space Nine, and I wanted to cover that because I've covered, I think, pretty much the rest of them, uh, although this one kind of slipped through. I don't know. Maybe there's another one I've missed. Who knows? They they did that, uh, like I said, quite a bit on Deep Space Nine, and I enjoyed it. So that will be today's subject. I am going to try to do a full episode commentary. I have uh, uh, the equipment that I'm using, though, is a little different, and I'll talk about that later in the show. But first, uh, we'll be talking about news and track-related things and, and geeky topics and all that fun stuff. So anyway, sit back, relax, and uh, here comes the show. Yeah, a little bit shocked. Every day I wake up and there's something I got to do. I head down to my computer room and check up on what's new. The Trek's in Sci-Fi Forum with people from around the world. Some they wake my senses as I read what's been unfurled. With different time zones all around, it never goes for worse. I catch up on what's happening in my sci-fi universe. That, uh, you know, there's several great Trek podcasts out there, uh, things that I've listened to, and uh, but uh, they chose uh, my show here, uh, Treks in Sci-Fi, and uh, I'd like to also say I-, I think a lot of what goes into this show is all uh, thanks to a lot of people, people from the forums. There's Rico and there's Kenny. And Jen, to name a few. Triple Seven Moyer, and Feathers and Angelus, too. Meds, he keeps us laughing, as just X, he writes some more. Mark Reno and King Link Sr., Rick P. K. Trek Moore. Billy Bob 476 and Rake 1701. Well, uh, welcome back, everyone. Uh, the first thing that I wanted to say is that I am using the newer or beta version of Audacity this week for uh, for a change. I decided to give this a try uh, for a few reasons. One, it has a few more features. 
uh, that I'd like to try. And uh, I think it's fairly stable. This beta, you know, even though it's called beta, has been out for a while. I mean, I have crashes with the typical normal, quote-unquote, non-beta audacity at times anyway. It, this is version like 1.311 or something like that. So uh, hopefully you won't notice anything on your end that different, although later when we get to the episode uh, Trek episode commentary, I'm going to describe uh, before we get started on that uh, how I'm doing it, and that will probably sound a little bit different, but we'll talk about that later in the show. Uh, the week has been going pretty well for me. Uh, it seems like it's gone by in a flash. Uh, it's nice to have these weekends to relax, and even though it, it, it's difficult still and, and continues to be difficult to be away from home, there's something a little bit easier and more relaxing about staying here in Rockford uh, for the weekend than to drive home for six hours, spend pretty much just Saturday there, and then get up, kind of get things organized, and then drive back on Sunday. Uh, it's that uh, When I did that a couple of weeks ago, it was pretty busy. I am planning next weekend to go home, so uh, my kids are going to be home from college for the weekend, and Lynn will be around, of course, and Kaylee and everyone, so that's going to be nice. Uh, looking forward to that quite a bit. Uh, you know, it's it's very interesting. As, as this continues, uh, the job situation, you know, working out of state and going home every few weekends or, or whatever, every usually trying to shoot for two to three weeks, it's I'm learning more and more that, you know, I keep running into things and stories. I posted something over on the Treks and Sci-Fi forum this past week about, you know, people that are that are going even further for, for work and, and keeping their homes where they are, you know, not moving yet. You know, it's it's difficult, the idea and the concept of moving uh, for a job these days for, you know, the real estate situation is a little tricky. That's one bit of a problem. And, and two, I think everyone's confidence in the job market and the job situation has been a little shaken. Probably, you know, I, I certainly feel that way. I've kind of had this happen twice now. So even though this job is, is good, I, I like testers. I'm enjoying the work and, and working with paint and, and, and hobby things and, and automotive-related and lots of different things I've been messing around with there. If you want to learn more about that, join the forum, and I usually post some pictures each week, a little bit about uh, what I've been working on at work and, and just things uh, in the area. I need to bring my still need to bring my better camera here, though. All the pictures have been from my cell phone, which takes a pretty decent picture. It's a Samsung phone. I think there's a two megapixel camera in there and it takes a pretty okay picture, but it it's a little hard to, to, to use for that purpose. Anyway, uh, what was I going to say? Lost track of it. Now I got to get some tea to drink. I, I forgot to bring it over when I started here today. It's uh, What I wanted to say though is the idea of moving for a job, even if this job became permanent, it's contract right now, you know, who's to say even if it was a permanent offer and a permanent, you know, job, I use uh, that loosely, you know, what happens a year, two years, three years down the road if for some reason they, they have some difficulties and and I get, uh, well, I have to look for a new job again, you know, they, they have to make some cutbacks or something. And I've known people that's happened to, I think I've talked about this a little bit before on the podcast, but, you know, to sell my home in Michigan, make Lynn move, pack up everything, move here, buy a new home, you know, move into that only in maybe, say, a few years have to do it again or something changes, you know, if that was going to be the case, I, I'd kind of much rather just be in Michigan, uh, you know, and not have to go through all that. So it's difficult. And I, and I said this at the beginning of this whole process about, and here, here's Trex and stuff. You guys are listening to Rico's problems again, or, or what he's been thinking about. I don't really call them problems. It's just 
what's been going through my mind. Uh, it's still only been, now we're going into about week eight that I've been doing it, so it's been about two months, which it's a pretty good chunk of time, and we're managing it. So whether I can do this, you know, for much, you know, for huge amounts of time, I, I don't know, for, for months and months and months, I don't know. So we will see how that all goes. Uh, but that's all I'm going to say about that. Let's Let's switch gears here and talk a little bit about track and, and other geeky topics hello folks this is rico and before we get started on the podcast today i just want to talk to you real briefly about godaddy.com i've bought a lot of uh, web domain names uh, over the years and godaddy has some great offers really excellent hosting packages and, and just all around great service i've used them for quite a long time and they've also supplied some codes for listeners to Treks and Sci-Fi. So if you want to get a domain name or get some web hosting going, go check them out. And the codes you can use are US Trek 1, US Trek 2, US Trek 3, and US Trek 20. Just try the right code or all the codes to see which gives you the best discount. So check out GoDaddy.com and get on the web. All right, I got my tea, so I'm good to go now. Uh, today, uh, there are a few Trek-related stories that I wanted to talk about. First, uh, Seth MacFarlane, a creator and voice man for the series Family Guy, American Dad, The Cleveland Show, was uh, on the this award, uh, blah, 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 <laughs> the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences uh, had a, an award show, and the uh, the story here is that Gene Roddenberry, you know, of course, the creator of Star Trek, was inducted into TV's Hall of Fame, which is, which is a good honor and very nice for him. Uh, obviously, he wasn't in attendance since he has passed away several years ago, but his son Rod was there and accepted the award on his behalf. Uh, very nice uh, tribute to him. And, and Seth uh, from Family Guy, uh, he is a big Trek fan, so it was appropriate that uh, he did the... Uh, uh, awarding of this uh, honor to Gene and, and his uh, legacy and memory and to in the world of television and everything. You know, a lot of people maybe don't realize, but even though he did create Trek, uh, Gene Roddenberry was a writer and, and, and worked on many other TV shows uh, during his uh, time in Hollywood and, and that. And I think I've talked about him and his history a little bit before on the podcast, but he added a lot. To, and obviously Trek is, you know, Huge and, and, and bigger than ever probably these days. So very nice. Uh, a couple other things I wanted to mention. There is a new movie adaptation comic uh, that's in six parts. The first part came out this past week in, in uh, comic book stores. This is, a, again, a uh, retelling in comic book form of the last year's 2009 J.J. Abrams a Star Trek film. And there's some nice little things about this. They're using uh, this opportunity to include some of the deleted scenes uh, that uh, we know about from the film and give us a little bit more background uh, on the whole story and everything like that. So it is a six-part series from IDW, and part one of that is in stores now, unless they are sold out, and you can probably find it online if that's the case. Uh, what else did I want to talk about uh, a few other things. I Oh, I did finally get into and play some of Star Trek Online yesterday for the first time. It's pretty good. It's pretty fun. I Again, I have 
I have to hold off saying too much about it because I only got in, probably played for about an hour, hour and a half, if that. And uh, on my computer, it worked pretty good. I tried to run at max resolution, uh, which may have been a little overkill. I mean, I have an 8800 GT card. We're not going to turn this into tech talk, but it was a little stuttery here and there. Uh, and I got into, I did some missions where you're helping the, you know, fight off the Borg, which is some of the early part of the game, I guess. And I'm not sure, you know, I've played a lot of MMOs in my time, and, I, and I, I've been reading people's comments and, and, and that kind of stuff on the game. And again, I, I don't want to say too much or, or give my opinion that right now, but so far the game is kind of scripted. In, in, in other words, you know, go here, do this, go here, do that. Uh, it, it's not as open feeling as something like World of Warcraft or EverQuest was and those kinds of games. I'm not sure if that continues. I'd really love to get, I know Joe on the forums and a few other people have been playing this game quite a bit. Rick Pete, uh, you guys you guys need to send me, you know, a two or three minute uh, little audio uh, review slash give people an idea more about the game. I'd love to have uh, some audio segment from you for upcoming podcast about the game a little bit more uh, I, I guess my what I wanted to say though related to that that scripting is it's it's interesting I just don't know if that's the way the game is gonna go forever I don't think it does but uh, it's it's just a different approach uh, to get you maybe acclimated to the game I, I think that that's maybe the case the early part of the game they do that to get you sort of used to the controls and how to do things with uh, the space missions versus ground missions and all that kind of good stuff so, uh, but it is cool. I have to admit, if you're a Trek fan, this game is definitely fun to to play. Just you know, you're you're on these ships, you're you're flying around out in space. Uh, the the graphics, especially, I found in space where you're fighting different ships and, and, and destroying little Borg, uh, you know, probes and things like that, it, it is pretty darn cool looking. I took some screenshots and. You know, you can find all this kind of stuff on all the game sites these days to show you what the game looks like. It, it's pretty nice. And I think even, the, the you know, the character modeling and all that is, is well done. So, uh, Star Trek Online. I will continue my efforts to uh, to learn more about the game and play it when I have time uh, with my busy life. So, the next story is, is kind of a sad one that I wanted to pass on. A lot of people in the Trek uh, community are aware of this already, but Andrew uh, Koenig, uh, Walter Koenig, who played Chekhov on the original Star Trek, um, his son Andrew, who was on a, a TV show, Growing Pains, and sort of a, a little bit of a child actor, although I don't think he got he was into acting as much in recent days. He did have some guest spots I, I read about. Anyway, he had, um, it appears, committed suicide. His body was found, uh, it looks like a few days ago, I think now, uh, out in the Vancouver area in a park, uh, and it had been reported, you know, that Andrew uh, Walter's son had suffered from depression for uh, for a long time, and it seems like that finally, uh, you know, took hold of him enough to to make him take his own life. And it, it's a very sad thing, you know. I I just there have been times, not any time in recent years, but you know, when I was younger, when my father passed away. I know a little bit about that. I, I know what depression can do. My mother really had a hard time with it, and uh, for for a good few weeks was 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 having a very hard time, you know, eating and sleeping, and and just you know she finally was okay. But it, it it's very difficult. And if you ever, I guess the only thing I'm going to say, I'm going to play a little clip here that they had a very brief little 
a few little video clips and interviews with with Walter uh, saying a few things, and, and I think this is kind of important. But you know what I really wanted to say is, if you know anyone, family, friends, uh, you know, even someone at work or whatever that you see maybe just not acting like themselves, seems depressed or, or whatever, you know, try to help. You know, these people, it doesn't take much, just a friendly word, you know, just, just something to, to make them feel maybe not so alone. So uh, anyway, here is Walter's comments, and, and then I'm going to segue into, into another topic area. The body of the 41-year-old actor who played Boner on the sitcom was found in a Vancouver park. Koenig, who suffered from depression, took his own life. Andrew's parents, Judith and Walter Koenig, held a press conference to urge others who see signs of depression in loved ones to seek help. For those families who have members who they fear are susceptible to this kind of behavior, don't ignore it. Don't rationalize it. Extend a hand. There has been an outpouring of celeb support since news broke with many sending condolences via Twitter, including Alyssa Milano, Sarah Silverman, Candace Cameron, and William Shatner, who worked with Andrew's dad, Walter Koenig, on Star Trek. His family released a statement through a rep thanking supporters for their kind thoughts at this difficult time. Yes, definitely a sad situation there. Very, uh, very difficult thing, and my heart goes out to the family and friends of, of Andrew and... Um, it's just, just um, well, hopefully, you know, people can kind of learn from this and, and help others who, who may be in need. Next up, I have a special little treat for you from our friend Vartok. He sent in this bit on the Cantina uh, band uh, scene in the original Star Wars movie. This gives you a little a perspective on that there are actually two versions of that. And, well, I'm not going to say too much more. I'll let Vartok explain uh, what he has to say about that scene in Star Wars. everyone, this is Vartok again with a music in sci-fi quick segment. For today's segment, I'm going to do a short follow-up to John Williams, America's composer. In the background, you've been probably wondering, what is that music? It sounds so familiar, but then it doesn't. Well, if you have a copy of Star Wars Episode IV Collector's Edition CD, you probably do know it, as John created two versions of the Cantina fan song. The second version of the Cantina fan song wasn't used in the movie, and although it seems to use the same instruments, it does sound different, don't you think? The Chalman's Cantina, often called the Mose Isley Cantina, is a bar located in the pirate city of Mose Isley on the planet Tatooine. 
It is the watering hole for freight pilots and other dangerous characters of various alien races and contains booths, a bar counter, and some freestanding tables, and sometimes a band of musicians named Figrin Da'an and the Modal Nodes. The bar is extremely rough in nature, but the clientele and the management give incidents of deadly violence little notice. Take a look, but mind your own business. Droids or robots are not allowed inside the bar since they don't drink and would therefore be taking up valuable space. The Cantina band score reflects Williams' interest in jazz from the 1950s. John later cited his intention to invoke kind of a 1940s feel for the scene, sounding both alien and yet familiar at the same time. Initially filmed in 1976 at the Sidi Driss Hotel in Matmata, a Berber town in southern Tunisia in North Africa. Early the following year, George Lucas added several alien close-ups at Hollywood Center Studios because he was dissatisfied with both the makeup and the limited coverage he had from the Tunisia footage. You have to admit that some of the aliens did look a bit contrived. It is in the Cantina Bar that Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi meet Han Solo and Chewbacca for the first time, hiring them to transport them off Luke's home planet of Tatooine to go to the planet Alderaan. While at the bar, an Aqualish named Panda Baba attempts to pick a fight with Luke Skywalker, only to have Obi-Wan Kenobi slice off his arm with his lightsaber. It is also in the bar that Han Solo is confronted by bounty hunter Greedo, who has come to collect the bounty on Solo. In the original theatrical version, Solo shoots Greedo from under the table, and Greedo dies without firing a shot. In the 1997 special edition version, the scene was altered so that Greedo shoots at Solo but misses at point-blank range, followed by the original Solo shot, which now seems to be in retaliation. Thus was born the phrase, Han shot first as a retort to director George Lucas's explicit assertion that Greedo shot first. Well, that's it for this music and sci-fi quick segment. And now back to you, Rico. Thanks very much, Vartok. That was great. Uh, you know, I love little different kinds of segments like that. And uh, I'll just give a shout out here for, for more. If anyone else would like to just send in anything geeky related, you know, maybe there's a book, a movie, a TV show you want to talk about uh, that I haven't mentioned or just something you've seen that you really liked, maybe you didn't like. 
Oh, by the way, on that related topic, it's not really sci-fi, but it's sort of horror-ish. Uh, I watched that movie Zombieland finally last night. Uh, it's pretty fun. If you don't like, you know, gore, though, be careful. There's some definitely some gory scenes in it, although it's pretty... It's not throughout the whole movie. There's a lot more to it than that, and it's it's really well done. I thought that it was very unique and original the way they did things, and Woody Harrelson's just great in it. So check out that movie if uh, that kind of stuff uh, is your um, cup of tea, and I'll have my Snapple tea right now. <laughs> uh, but uh, again, if you'd like to send in submissions to be included on Treks in Sci-Fi, send those in to treksf at gmail.com. Between the shadows of thought and the light of reality lies a place long forgotten. One where hope is lost, a discovery of despair, and an appetite for unpredictable horror. It's not a place where you can lock the windows and doors, but a place where you come face to face with the fears and nightmares of your mind. You are about to embark on a journey. A journey reaching deep into the splinter of your mind's eye. You are not in control. We will bend and twist all your perceived thoughts to an unimaginable depth with things only our minds can conceive of. As you travel down the last path to take, the Omega Road. The Omega Road Chronicles, a sci-fi horror anthology brought to you by Necropolis Studio Productions. Find us on the web at www.necropolisstudioprod.com. Yeah, take a listen to that uh, horror sci-fi anthology series that started uh, from the Omega Road uh, Necropolis Studios, or I'm sorry, Necropolis Studios. And this is the Omega Road Chronicles, Episode 1, Two White Doves is the first one that they've done out. And the reason I'm mentioning it is two members of the Trex and Sci-Fi community, Jen and Meds, or Jen Rhodes and Simon Meddings, wrote this first uh, episode that they produced, this full audio drama uh, called Two White Doves. It's about 50 minutes long, and uh, it, it's uh, really worth listening to, and I think you'll enjoy it. So check it out. I will put a link for it in the podcast notes for this week. Hi, I'm Rick Moyer, and my brand new Stargazer project is coming out on CD and download on the 26th of October. Take a listen to some of the songs. Three, two, one, zero. Launch commit. Liftoff. We have liftoff with Apollo 14. Three minutes past the hour. track album is a collection of songs to watch the stars with visit takehimwithyou.com slash stargazer for more information on how to get your copy
Okay, now I think it's time to get into this week's episode commentary. Uh, this is uh, going to be about uh, Deep Space Nine. Uh, it's a episode from eh, fairly early in Season 6 uh, of the series. It's called Resurrection. And it's an interesting tale. It's kind of more of a character thing for the most part. Not a huge amount of action. Kind of a romantic storyline. But something that I thought would be fun to cover. The biggest thing I want to say here about the commentary that I'm going to do when I start playing the episode is is this. Normally, in the past, when I was back at home, I would do this with two computers. One to play the episode, pipe the audio from that, and feed it into my recording computer and have my voice uh, you know, comment on the episode as we go. Uh, I tried a few things today. I don't have the right uh, connections to... I was going to put the episode on my iPod and then plug that into my mixer, but I don't have the right cabling. Long story short, what I'm going to do is play the episode through my speakers on my computer. I have the microphone pick up that audio uh, along with my voice as we record. You probably will notice the volume for the episode itself will be probably a little lower and sound a little different than it has for other commentary shows in the past but I don't think that's a bad thing I think it might be kind of interesting and may allow me to comment more about the episode as we go or at least hey it'll be different what what are you gonna do so this is the way it's gonna go I thought I wanted to do this one in full commentary mode so that's what we're going to do so uh, that's it uh, let's get started Well, here we go into the what episode, Resurrection. Captain Baudet. Captain Baudet, you want me to bring Captain Baudet to your quarters for dinner? It's just a suggestion. Well, it's a bad suggestion. Number one, you used to go out with Captain Baudet. Number two, Worf hates him. Let's tweak the volume here a little bit. Many times, Captain Baudet has a transparent skull. And you don't like to see a man's brain. I always like it when they reference people you don't ever really meet. I don't think we ever meet Captain Baudet ever on uh, Deep what Space Nine. Trigtuk? But he is mentioned He's a few times. This uh, episode actually started with this uh, scene here. It was a little longer originally. It was uh, started in Kira's quarters, and uh, both uh, Dax and Kira were talking about a few things. They were talking about uh, that she missed, uh, oh, Goldicott's daughter. I'm blanking on her name. Uh, but uh, they were talking about that. I'll look it up here in a second. I'm coming to dinner alone. Got it? I got it. Three place settings. Zyel, that's her name. Zyel, Ducat's daughter. And she's saying she misses her. What is it? Showing a power buildup in the transporter buffer. Someone's attempting to beam into ops. From where? I don't know. There are no ships within transporter range. Hopefully this audio is coming through okay for you. You know, I, I... Sorry about the change in setup, but, you know, change is good sometimes. Now that somebody transported into uh, ops here. No. But you'll be unless you do exactly what I say. And it's Vedic Barile. Can't be. Or what at least looks like him. I always have trouble saying his name. Ah, there I go with names again. Brial, Brial, whatever. Uh, anyway, here we go with the theme. Uh, one of my favorite, uh, you know, all the Trek opening themes are great, but uh, something so majestic about this uh, bit uh, that they did for Deep Space Nine here, this this opening uh, credit sequence is just 
really well done. I'll give you some uh, background on the episode as we, you know, go through the credits. I'm going to volume that, that down just a little bit. Uh, Michael Taylor is credited for writing this episode, even though the the episode uh, Iris Stephen Bear said that it was his idea mostly for what you're going to see on screen and, and him and the work of Hans Beemler, who was another regular writer on this show. Uh, what else? i going to give you some background. This was after some pretty big episodes uh, in the sixth season of DS9 uh, with Jezia and Worf being married and it, there was a lot of, lot of things going on at, in that part of the you know, DS9 series. And so this was sort of a uh, just a small little character piece after all that. And I think for some people that was kind of maybe a little bit of a letdown, perhaps. But uh, I, I like these kinds of shows, and I hope you do too as we go through it. By the way, I am watching this as I uh, streaming off the Treks and Sci-Fi forums that I put the episode up yesterday for people to watch and remind themselves and refresh their memories on this episode from DS9. Security. We have a hostage situation. Clear a path to landing pad A. Authorization Cisco. 7-1 green. 7-1 green acknowledged, Captain. Your runabout's waiting. Let's go. Cisco does not look happy. He does you not like her, having hostages. And his people, he's not I very happy about this. Oh, by the way, also, this dire the uh, director of this episode is LeVar Burton. Jordy directed this one uh, for um, DS9. Someone might cut the power and we'd be trapped inside. This guy obviously knows uh, DS9 very well and its systems and everything like that, so uh, he isn't falling for too many things right now. They haven't quite figured out who he is, but they will. Your uh, uniform. I've never seen one like it. You're not with the Alliance, are you? There is no alliance here. That's a giveaway a little bit. The alternate universe. Tell you one thing, the food's better. So I take it you're running from the alliance. <laughs> now you know the story of my life. So once you get your ship, what then? Believe me, wherever I end up is going to be a lot better than where I've been. I can believe Kira that. is not um, time in your the best person to exactly take hostage <laughs> either. All her time in the resistance and everything like that. That way. Makes her a little bit dangerous. How many levels before we reach the landing pad? Fifty-seven. Oh. Here we are. Landing pad A. Open it. I've got a better idea. Why don't you hand over that disruptor? Oh, 
You've been so cooperative up to now. I'd hate to have to kill you. This is Philip Angelim, sure is how you say his name, I think, playing Barile here again. I always oh, enjoy his great. guest performances, so. How long have you known? Since we left Ops. And why did you come with me? I needed the exercise. And I have to get away. And so she flips him over her shoulder pretty easily, actually. All right, Major. I'm fine. Which always seems, you know, she's such a little person. I've seen uh, Nana visit her in person, and she's not very big. And this guy, he's not a big guy either, but she does a pretty good job. I don't notice this a stunt person doing it. This is chamber I've ever been in. And believe me, I've been in quite a few. I'm glad you're comfortable. Now, do you mind telling me where you got a hold of this? A Terran rebel gave it to me. Hmm. A multi-dimensional transporter device. Nice gift. <laughs> well, that's a new one for getting from the mirror universe into ours or into the prime, whatever you want to call it these days. Everything's the same but different, which means there's another Barile Antos here. There was. Was. He's dead. You knew him, didn't you? Then that's why you seem to recognize me. What was he like? Does that really matter? He was someone you cared about. Oh. Major. I know I have no right to ask you this, but you could do me a big favor. Destroy that device. Why? Because then they can't send me back. Sorry, I can't do that. Please, Major, you've been there. You know what it's like. Put me in prison, in a labor camp, whatever you want. Just let me stay. Some very good scenes no, uh, between the major. two of them here in, in the beginning and answer. the rest. I don't think Burrell ever intended to hurt me. I suppose we should just send him back where he came from. No, he doesn't want to go back to that universe, and I don't blame him. I know what you're going through, Major. When I met the other Jennifer Sisko, it was very confusing, to say the least. I knew she wasn't my wife. But sometimes she would smile at me a certain way. And then the light would hit her eyes. And it was my Jennifer. Really good. Yes, that's what I wanted to believe. Good acting here again. Avery Brooks just always puts it out there, you know. The acting on Deep Space Nine, I've always been really very impressed with. Just some really great character stuff. And, and by this point in the series, of course, they really had their characters down and did such a good job with just subtle little things, the way they would look at each other, their voices and all that. I hope this audio is working okay for everyone. I'll give it a listen before I put it out, but I think we'll be okay. And it's kind of a nice change of pace to do it this way. So, uh, Brile's out here now, walking along on the promenade, and just Major. everyone's kind of whispering and looking at him, because he used to be a pretty important just person, saying, remember, but you. he was dead now. What are you going to do now? I'm not sure. I've been reading up on your world. It's... <laughs> different from the Bajor I know. Is that where you intend to go? Well, I'm thinking about it. Did you see that? 
people keep staring at me. Seems like they should have explained this. What he looked like was loved and respected by a lot of people. He was a Vedic. A Vedic? A religious leader. <laughs> Imagine me, a religious leader. Glad you find it funny. I'm going to be late for services. Wait, I didn't mean to offend you. It's just the kind of life I've led hasn't been very spiritual. In fact, I don't think I've ever been inside a temple. Well, now's your chance. You're welcome to join me. In there? I don't think so. Besides, if I go in there, people are going to start believing I really am Vedic Barile. That's something I'd like to avoid. I can understand that. This is, again, one of the most unusual things always about Deep Space Nine. It was the Bajorans and, and the strong religious um, beliefs and things that they showed us uh, on this uh, version of Star Trek is, is so much different than other Trek, where religion is, is really just never brought up at all, not even in you know any, way, any fashion or any way, really, for the most part, on all the other series. But here with the Bajorans, it's very important to their culture. And it was a, a very, you know, key point, I think, or a key thing that involved the characters, especially Kira and even the other characters on Deep Space Nine over the years. I figured I could use a little spiritual guidance. That's not funny. It wasn't meant to be. I plan on making a new life for myself here. I'm going to need all the help I can get. Dolata impara no takash. With humility and gratitude, we accept this gift. Now they're bringing in one of those orbs, you know, which allows you to see uh, strange things. The orb of prophecy and change. Orb. A gift from the prophets. It can foresee the future or possible future anyway. Are the prophets? Our gods. You do have gods, don't you? Of course we do. You don't sound too sure. That's because I leave them alone. They leave me alone. Kind of like this guy, you know. He's he's just kind of matter of fact, kind of practical, and Kira obviously. So? is having a you know the sure. same thing Cisco had said it's a, a tricky time so. dealing with someone who looks so much like what? the guy she loved for so long you seem to take it so seriously what's wrong with that I suppose it must be nice to have that kind of faith I've always preferred to believe in nothing that way I'm never disappointed oh that doesn't sound like much of a life <laughs> maybe not well coming for the mirror universe it's probably the way you'd have to live to survive and, and deal with it a little bit you know anyway I'm maybe not maybe you could have some you. faith but it would probably totally constantly be shattered in your your problems and in the life there being so hard thank you major Beryl. do you like klingon food I think I'm going to just uh, dial down the audio from the episode just a little bit more. Last meal. I slipped this mechlith out of its scabbard, hide it in my shirt. That night, I used the Now we have Worf and Dax having a dinner with the Mirror, Burial, and Kira. At the time they realized I was gone, 
I was halfway to the Ventar system. <laughs> That's one hell of a story. And that is all it is, a story. Excuse me. It was well told, but there was no truth to any of it. Oh, you sure of that? You want us to believe that you stole a mechleth from a Klingon warrior? Worf, it's not polite to accuse the guest of lying. No, oh, it's all right. Obviously, I was exaggerating. I wouldn't say you'd be able to steal it from uh, Worf, probably, but... Allow me. I believe this is yours. <laughs> you just cut this uh, dessert with this weapon of Worf's. Obviously, Beryl is a better thief than I gave him credit for. <laughs> More blood wine. Why not? More blood wine, yes! Oh, we're going to be doing a special Klingon show with my buddy Rick Pete in a few weeks. That's going to be really fun. They liked you. You think so? Why do you sound so surprised? You must have had friends back home. I can think of one. If you'd rather not talk about it. There's not much to say. She died. I'm sorry. It's all right. Happened a long time ago. You know, they're just kind of walking along after dinner, chatting. A little too much wine, probably. Although they don't seem all that um, intoxicated at all to me. Maybe blood wine uh, doesn't affect them that much. Sorry, the evening has to end on such a sad note. Oh, who knows how much they drank. Would you like to come in? Baroque have a Klingon coffee, stay the night, get the Man, station talking. I first saw her on the street in Novia. Couldn't take my eyes off of her. She had the most attractive little money sack hanging from her waist. Don't tell me you stole it. She should have known better. So it looks like they've been talking all night and pretty cozy in Kira's quarters here. Turns out she just arrived from one of the mining camps in the hills of Dakota province. I come from Dakota province. Only here it's all farmland. When I met her, she was working in an Ilvian pleasure center. And you decided to take her away from all that? I taught her how to be a thief. Funny thing is, she was so grateful. She felt I saved her life. Maybe you did. If anyone was saved, it was me. I always thought it'd be very weird to meet someone who looks so much like a, a person that you know very well, like a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, or just a close friend, but they're not them, you know, like twins and that kind of thing. We were together five years. And in all that time, I never told her how much she meant to me. And now Kira is just taking his hand and, you know, giving him one of those looks. I know what it's like to lose someone. When I activated that transporter device, I had no idea where I'd end up. I never thought I'd be sitting here with you. Two days ago, all I wanted was to be alone. I 
guess one thing about this episode... Well, I'll tell you in a second here. Do you think it's time you call me Louise? And now they're kissing, and we fade to black, because that's what Deep Space Nine would do. And now you come back, and... His shirt's off. She's under the covers. Albus. They grow all over Bajor. Not my Bajor. What I was going to say is that I guess Nana Visitor didn't, didn't really care for this episode that much. She thought that Kira was a little out of character, kind of hopping into bed with this guy. But I don't know. I, I, I kind of make sense to me a little bit. You know, how much she would miss Beryl and... And this guy, even though he's not her, or not him, is that what I said right now? He's not Beryl, the original Vedic that she knew. It's got to be very, very Seems difficult and tempting. For you. you and I here together. Me looking like him. Fortunately, you're not anything like him. You mean he didn't eat in bed? Antos was very disciplined. He had a strict routine he never deviated from. He only ate two meals a day. Simple food. He used to say, when you overindulge the body, you, you starve start. the soul. How did you know that? I did a little research. Enough to know that when he died, Bejo suffered a great loss. would have given my life to save his. I think the other thing that uh, no, Nana had said that she thought at this point that he, she was kind of over his death, but I don't think that ever really happens, really, that you get over someone that you're close to dying. It, it, at least it, uh, in my experience, that's the case. You may think you do, but it's always still kind of there, just a little bit in the background is, is all. Not anymore. And something like this would just bring it, you know, rushing back to the surface after all, you know, you had been with this person and, and everything. Sounds good. One little trivia bit. You never did see Jake in this episode. There's no Jake Sisko here, but that, that's not too uncommon. So I might stretch my legs, see what was happening in ops. Now we get Kira to see Julian, which Kira. we didn't get to see very much you in this are episode. So transparent. What are you talking about? Your guilt is quite clear, Doctor. Guilt? About what? About medical requisitions? Don't be ridiculous. Julian, Kira's personal life is her own. We are her friends. We should respect her privacy. Good morning, Norris. How'd it go last night? You mean dinner? We had a great time. Why? Uh, she means after dinner, but you don't have to answer that because we don't want to invade your privacy. But if you want to tell us about it, we'll listen. It went well. <laughs> I told you. I never doubted it. I, I, I was... Well, uh, Worf married Worf was just so much fun. I wish that would have been able to continue. I, I, I really missed that situation. When he was married to Jadzia. Worf, 
Any news from General Martok's scout ships? They report no Dominion activity along the border. Let's hope it stays that way. Well, it will for this episode at least, because they don't want to, you know, too many storylines ruins the broth. That doesn't sound very romantic. He's going to have his first orb experience. Your idea, I suppose. No, actually, it was his. He's curious about... Dude, I had this orb experience last week. It was totally awesome. I don't know why I said that. It's just the... I think that just the way they said it, his first orb experience. I, did, I kind of find that a little strange that they're going to let that... You know, because does everyone get to play with the orbs? I didn't think that was the case, really. I just don't want to disappoint anyone. That's sweet, but I'm not going to judge you. I know that. I met the prophets. What do I say to them? You don't have to say to them. Hey, how you doing, prophets? Uh, I'm from a different universe, so... it's more like the orb stares into you. Welcome, my child. This must be a little weird for this guy, too. You know, he must have known yes. Vedic Barile. Your pa is strong. May the you force be with you, too. Come. I'm trying to recall. It's been... Uh, I'm watching this episode for the first time again with you guys, but it's been a little while since I've seen it. I'm trying to recall what he sees here, what he with the with the orb, but uh, it's not coming back to me right now for some reason. So he's bending down. They they have the orb locked behind a uh, force field, which they had to lower. So I guess that's good. Not everyone can just sort of you know go take a little peek. Maybe that's why that I don't remember. He doesn't exactly. They don't show you it. What he's seeing. Well, that's a change. When you had your first orb experience, did you understand it? I don't know that anyone fully understands an orb experience. Not at first, anyway. You have to live with it for a while. Oh, good, because I have no idea what I saw. And then. I'm not quite sure why they sh didn't show some of this. Maybe it was because they figured they would have to show some of the mirror universe and things that they didn't want to deal with or bother with. It was all mixed up. I, I was him. He was me. Very confusing. I don't think we should be talking about this. I can't tell you about it. Who can I tell? No one. An orb experience isn't meant to be shared. Yeah, why not? Fearless if I could sleep for days. Share it with people. Put it up on the internet. Why don't you get some rest? I will. Maurice. 
So now he's walking back to his quarters. Uh, looks pretty beat from this orb experience ordeal. I think he's about to get a little surprise. I was wondering when you'd get back. What are you doing here? I know. I'm early. But my curiosity got the better of me. Besides, the thought of you pining away from me was too much to bear. that little plan progressing couldn't be better right on schedule and now we see the mirror kira or the intendant from the alternate universe has also appeared on the scene and dressed in her little black leather outfit tell me everything that's happened since you got here later i'm too tired Right now, all I want to do is go to bed. Mm, even better? <laughs> I said I was tired. You've never been tired before. That's been a long day. <laughs> I don't think you're pleased to see me. Oh, it's her, isn't it? Just gotten to you. Don't be stupid. No, oh, I'd be disappointed if you didn't find the major intoxicating. I mean, after all, she is me. Or the next best thing to me. So, what did you think of her? You are crazy. Oh, we know what I'm like. What about her? I am not going to discuss this. Oh, please. Oh, please, please. Briel, please really tell me about the other Kira who I've already met anyway. I don't know. What, what is... Well, I guess she's just curious since she likes this guy. And she tried to smack him, but that didn't work. He just grabbed her hand. Not a very fast <gasps> smack. Mm. <laughs> mm. Well, I knew it. But she's too good for we both are. I really like this Snapple green and black tea. Very good stuff. I know what I am. That's it? That's all you have to say? I said I was tired. Oh, Major Kira must this be This has nothing to do with the Major. I. You go away now. I'm tired. Go away. Please. Do you figure it out? I'm tired. Into the orb today. Ah, that's really the key here. What's wrong? How very exciting. How soon can we get our hands on it? The medics are holding a 26-hour vigil in the shrine. Now, I cannot get near the place until tomorrow night. The orb is behind a force field key to a decryption matrix. And which you can bypass. That's what thieves do. Mm. Today, you're a thief. But tomorrow, once we bring our prize home, you'll be the bearer of the or the holy man who unites the Bajoran people in a war against the Alliance. Just call me Vedic Barayo. Think of it, the wealth, the power. 
I guess they don't have the orbs in the uh, mirror universe then. They're putting a lot of Maybe just they've never orb. been discovered there. I don't know. So will every other Bajoran. Oh, we're gonna have such fun! I can hardly wait. You do look tired. You should get some rest. And tomorrow. When you see the major. Now she's kissing Barile pretty hard. Give her that. For me. And <laughs> that's a little kinky, but I don't remember them. Maybe later in the episode they do, but I don't remember them explaining exactly how she got there too. If she had one of those devices or or beam to another area of DS9 when Morale uh, came. Now he's in uh, Quark's bar drinking quite a bit. What are you two looking at? He's obviously a little torn about what you know he was going to do and where his loyalties are. Wanna be left alone. You heard the man, now leave him be. Sorry about that. People can be so rude. You know, I used to see the Vedic all the time walking down the promenade of Major Kira. Never came in here though. I guess Davo wasn't his game. It's an amazing resemblance. Put him in a Vedic's robe and nobody would know the difference. Believe me, there's a difference. But not to the paying public. You have a business proposition for me? Spit it out. Picture this. Corp. You seated here when always got a scheme. A of Bajorans waiting patiently to pay good money just to meet Vedic Barile. Maybe touch his hair. Like I said. Touch his hair. <laughs> he does have pretty good hair, though. Technicality. You're the closest thing to Vedic Barile they're ever going to see. Which is why they're going to love you. I wouldn't know what to say. The less, the better. Just nod every once in a while and smile benignly. It's very simple. Later on, once you get the hang of it, he might even throw in a blessing or two. What do you think? I've known people like you my whole life. Nasty, greedy little minds willing to do whatever it takes to make money. Yeah, they're called Ferengi. Yeah, that's what they do. Profit. Think. That's because you think the same way. Ah, I finally figured him out. <laughs> I suppose I am a lot more like you than I'll ever be like Vedic Barano. Perfect. Then we have a deal. I'm afraid not. Why? Because right now I don't like either one of us. It's a good scene, you know, a nice way to work Cork into the storyline and, and try to, you know, make Boral realize what he's doing a little bit more. You know, this idea that he's this 
the alternate version of him was this holy man, a very disciplined person, somebody who was morally, you know, above and superior really to him is gnawing at him, you can see. And here he's he's basically here on a mission to steal this holy orb which would go completely right, against the Vedic's beliefs. Over there. You heard her. Your new boyfriend came to my bar today. Oh, did he? He's a little different, isn't he? From what? From some of your previous choices. Don't get me wrong, I have nothing against Vedic Burial or Shakar. But they were a little too controlled. A little too controlling. They lacked fire, excitement. But this Burial mm. is different. He's excitement, the Jedi excitement. craves not it's these things. Like Let's or a Vedic, at least. <laughs> I love the idea of you with him. I love the idea of you with him. Let me tell you and never mind. You better brace yourself. You're in for a rough ride. Oh, what are you talking about? I've been a bartender for a long Quark time. Quark is very good about I've people, and he reads them. He knows. Listen. Sad ones, happy ones, complicated ones. Behind Baral, where does he fit in? He's one of the tormented ones. Tormented? No, I don't think so. Quark, you've had an orb experience. You know what it's like. It's not that. Hmm. Figure it out here, Kira. Orb experience. There's something more going on. Meaning what? After he left the bar, I saw him hanging around the Bajoran shrine. Must have been there a couple of hours. Well, he has a lot on his mind. He probably went there to think things over. Either that, or he was figuring out a way to rob the place. What's this, a union meeting? Let's get going. Nice chatting with you, Major. I hope you two are very happy together. Now pay attention to Quark again. Like I said, he he's, he's good at reading people, and he certainly knows people that are uh, about to do something a little shady and well, illegal. Even I'd have trouble telling you apart. He comes back in, and it looks like the intendant has slipped into Kira's regular uniform. Oh, admit it. You've never found me more exciting. It's like having the best of both worlds. Well, let's try to stay focused, all right? We both have jobs to do. You're right. We'll celebrate later. Did you get the comm badges? Nimble fingers. Contact me the minute you have the orb. Right. You're going to look so good wearing a crown. And there's that long look of thinking, hmm, should I really do this? Should I not? I don't know. Oh, I'm so torn. Torn between two universes. So now he's heading back to the temple. Some good music uh, worked into this episode, too, especially, I think. Everything quiet? Yes, Major. Good. It's oh, kind sorry. of funny to see uh, the intendant in Kira's outfit. Uh, she moves quite a bit different than the normal Kira. Of course. Is everything all right? I must have pulled a muscle. 
exercising in the hollow suites. It's been bothering me all day. Would you mind massaging my shoulders for me? <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. No, no problem. I don't mind. A little harder, please. Oh, such strong hands. If only we had some warm Somato oil. Mm, that would be nice, wouldn't it? I guess. Mm. to learn about giving a massage. So, uh, intendant uh, version here of Kira just knocked this guy out because he was a sucker for a girl who said, would you massage my shoulders? Should be like a first lesson that guards learn, you know. When a pretty girl comes up, pay no attention to her. Just... You know, it's obviously a setup. Come on. I mean, don't you ever watch movie or TV? Once a thief. What are you doing here? The question is, what are you doing here? The race. Aha! Whoops! Uh, mm, I'm getting you confused right now. How did you know? I didn't. Quirk knew, though. You had me completely fooled. A thief in search of redemption. Who could resist that? Obviously not me. Luckily, Quark didn't fall for your little act. Now step away from the altar. I wish I could. Step away from the orb. I can't. Keep your hands down. I've come too far. Then you came a long way for nothing. No, Reese. Oh, you look as beautiful as ever. Of course, that's me saying I'm beautiful. Right. That, You're just yeah. full of surprises, aren't you? It's only fair. You had your varile, I have mine. You were supposed to wait for me at the transporter pad. Oh, don't worry. I have the transporter key to this control. All I have to do is tap this key. We're on our way home. Besides, I couldn't leave without saying hello to myself. The transporter sensor showed that you weren't alone in the shrine, and I was hoping it was you, Narice. Burrell's smart, but you're smarter. We really are alike, aren't we? Not really, the orb, but... It's too dangerous. Will you stop wasting your breath? Antos and I are a team. We're destined to do great things together. If we're going, let's go. You don't have to do this. Oh, isn't that sweet? She is still trying to save your soul. Of course, you don't have one. Ah, uh, don't be so sure about that. I'm not worth saving. You sound pretty certain of that. Look at him. Really, look at him. It's important that you see him for what he truly is. I do. So you... You were just using me to get to the orb. Is that what I'm supposed to believe? Believe anything you want. Please, Nerys, don't embarrass yourself. You made a mistake. You let Varyl make a fool of you. That's bad enough. You can make it worse by denying what happened. Just accept it and move on. Yeah, sure. sure. Okay, no problem. It's not true. You know that as well as I do. You may have come here for the orb, but you found something else. And people say that I have a large ego. Yeah. Tell her, Antos. Tell She's her right. We're using her. Come on, figure it out. That everything you told her was a lie. That every time you touched her, all you could think about was me. 
So, uh, Baral just uh, stunned uh, the when intended. She wakes up, I'll have a lot of explaining to do. And if you don't have the orb, she'll kill you. Maybe. <laughs> that will certainly be her first reaction. But I've talked my way back into her good graces before. I'll be all right. I guess this is goodbye. It's for the best. You know what I saw when I looked into that orb? You and me, together, on Bajor. We had a life, a family. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Nothing. Might even work for a while. But eventually I'd find some way to ruin it. Thief. I belong with her. Then you should go. It's good, good stuff, good scene here. A lot of uh, emotions. And here he does the right thing at the end, you know? He's, he's sacrificing things for himself, for her, and going back where he came from. Of course, Kira is a little sad and not very happy about that. And that's it. DS9's resurrection episode from season six. We'll dial down the uh, the music here a bit. It's a good episode. Uh, lots of nice character stuff from the actors, uh, and it's always fun to see that play of you know split screen and two people against each other with the mirror universe characters although they only did that kind of at the end there with uh, Kira and the intendant uh, in the uh, shrine at the end and, and it was good to see um, Philip Angelum as Brial again I liked him as an actor and uh, again overall good episode sort of a nice standalone piece uh, from Deep Space Nine's uh, season six I'm just going to take a quick break here. I'm going to play, though, over this a little break here. This is a little entry that was sent to me by uh, the Moyers, and they're talking a little bit about uh, that uh, amazing piece of social media networking and all that online called Facebook. So take it away, Moyers. Hi, this is Rick, and this is the Hi, Moyer, Moyer Family, Family Review. Review. And they're all so excited to be here today. Rico, you said you were looking for some comments for the podcast. And, uh, well, we decided to some, we decided to talk about something that is near and dear to the Moyer family's heart. And that is that every single one of us in the Moyer family has a Facebook account. And we all sometimes, we're all on Facebook at the exact same time. So I'm going to ask my family really quickly to go through why they like Facebook, because we know that's geeky, and even some people that use uh, Facebook aren't geeks, but they really are because they use Facebook, if that makes sense. So we're going to start with Catherine. Catherine, no. why do you like Facebook? 
Right there. Get down the microphone. Hurry. Um, because I do. Oh, yeah, that's helpful. That's a lot. I can keep in contact with my friends all the time. Yeah. And do you ever play any games? Not really anymore. What did you used to play? I used to play Farm Town and Yoville and... Do you ever have fish? Fishville. <laughs> Fishville. Um, <laughs> Anything else? Cafe something. Did you ever um, post any pictures? What do you mean? Did you post any pictures to Facebook? Yeah. Okay, so you did that too. All right, and so okay. do you recommend Facebook for people that are 14? I guess so, yeah. Okay, all right, so there's Catherine's view. All right, uh, Amy, my wife here, um, you have a Facebook account. Why do you like Facebook? Um, I was actually the first one in the family. Well, besides maybe Nathan maybe had one, but yeah. the, out of the four of us here, I was the first one to get Facebook because my favorite author um, I saw, I get her newsletter, and she said she was going to have a live chat on Facebook. And so I said, oh, i got to get a Facebook account. And so I did. And um, now a lot of my friends have it, and we have a good time talking. And family members that live a long ways away, I don't have to use up my cell phone minutes or my my um, long-distance time or whatever, phone time. Um I can just chat with them on Facebook and my son at college. So I, I pretty much use it just to um, stay in contact with people. It's a lot of fun. Okay. All right. And now, Andrew, you also have a Facebook page, and you have more friends than all of us put together. Yeah. Okay. So why do you use Facebook, and what do you like about it? Um, I believe the only reason to have a Facebook account would be Mafia Wars. You play Mafia Wars? <laughs> yeah, I think you could say that. How many millions of dollars do you have now? Oh, I have multi-trillion dollars. For real? Oh, yeah. And how big is your mafia? Uh, I have around 2,000 people in my mafia. Really? Is that a lot of people? Eh, the max that you can quote-unquote get it on Facebook is 5,000, so. Yeah. Mm. And you have a lot of friends, too? Uh, well, that's exactly people. how many people who I... Having the mafia on oh. Facebook, so all your friends are mafia players. Okay, yeah. all right. would you recommend yeah, Facebook to people? So, so all of us use now. I use Facebook to network and to uh, get information out about taking with you the podcast I do, and to talk about treks and sci-fi and all sorts of other things, and and to chat and to communicate and to do uh, all sorts of cool stuff with. So yeah, we like it. We like Facebook. It's very fun. And even Nathan uses Facebook and his wife. And his wife, his new wife, that's right, Ivy, uses Facebook as well. So we were, we're basically the Facebook family. They actually fell in love on Facebook. They fell Not in love? Fell in love but, you they know, fell they... in love on Facebook? Seriously? No, you know what I, I mean. Didn't, I didn't they, know that. They were they, friends and they, they became better They met at family. college. They met at college a couple years ago, but they um, started talking more when they commented on each other's artwork and stuff and poetry and stuff on right. Facebook. And that's well, how they really got to know each other. Got it. Well, be uh, be my friend on Facebook, and then you can find my whole family and be their friend, too. It's uh, facebook.com slash rick.moyer. The Geeky Moyer family here signing off. Thanks, Rico, for letting us review Facebook. It's a really, really fun social network where you can talk to all your friends and get information out to everybody. It's really fun. So this is Rick and the family, and this has been the Moyer, Moyer family, family Review. Back to you, Rico. 
Well, thanks for that review of Facebook, uh, Moyers, and, and everyone. It was cool to have everyone in there, Rick, and, and give their different views on it. Uh, a neat idea. You know, Facebook, it's not something that I use a lot. It seems, you know, I have so much to do with the website, the, the Treks and Sci-Fi, and, and other sites that I, I play around with, and the forum, uh, and all of that, and the podcast. I don't end up having, I mean, I do have a Facebook account, but I don't end up be really using it a lot. Uh, I know, though, that if I didn't have all those other tools and avenues to contact people and, and, and show people what's going on with me and pictures and that, that I'm sure that I would use Facebook a lot more. So thanks for uh, your comments on that. Very cool. And, of course, Rick does the uh, weekly podcast, Take Him With You, uh, and all kinds of other things. Definitely give that a listen if you've never tried it. Okay, that's just about going to wrap it up today for Treks in Sci-Fi podcast uh, number 268. Uh, for February 28th. Uh, a couple things. Uh, always can email me, treksf at gmail.com. Just go to the main website, treksinsci-fi.com, and you can find everything there, links to the forums, uh, links to donate to the show if you'd like uh, with PayPal, all kinds of stuff. Also, please, if you enjoy the podcast, put up a review on iTunes uh, and, and comment about the show and what you think about it. Those are always uh, wonderful to read. I, I like seeing uh, what people have to say, and it helps bring in new listeners when they're looking up, you know, hey, Star Trek podcast, I'd like to listen to one, and, and they can get a view of, from it from other people that have been listening too. So check out iTunes and, and do that. That would be wonderful. Uh, next, uh, coming up on the podcast for the next few weeks, let me give it a, a brief rundown for you. Next weekend, uh, the weekend of the 7th uh, for that podcast, is going to be a special guest cast, uh, and it, this one is going to be a bit different. It's going to be kind of a group uh, guest cast, and they're going to be, uh, it's going to be kind of run by Meds from Waffle On, and who is also on the Treks and Sci-Fi Forum. He's done guest spots before, and of course, he is our resident, uh, you know, big Doctor Who fan and, and expert. And he got together with some other people, and I think Kenny's going to be there. And they talk about the last episodes, these last event episodes of the the run of David Tennant as the Doctor on Doctor Who. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. He's got me the file, but I will be putting that into the feed next weekend for all of you to listen to. Then uh, the next weekend, the weekend of March, it'll be uh, the cast for the 14th, is going to be the Klingon show. That's going to be with in-house, in-rental house guest Rick Pete and I going kind of over Klingon history, talking a bit about some of the episodes they've been figured prominently in, talk about some of our, our favorite bits and favorite Klingons, and, that, and that's going to be a lot of fun. I, it's going to be really nice to have a guest doing the show with uh, in person rather than even over Skype. And I, I, I have a feeling that might be a long show. We may go kind of long, and it, but, you know, there's so much to cover when you say, hey, we're going to do a show all about the Klingons, and especially with having a guest. Uh, we'll, we'll do, uh, I'm sure, you know, a, a good job with it for you, I hope. And I know it's going to be fun to listen to. And then the week after that, the 21st I have on the schedule, it's going to be a look at the uh, excellent TV series, uh, The X-Files. I, I've always wanted to do a specific cast about that show. It, it's going to be hard to cover it. It was on for a number of seasons. There was so much uh, richness and, and, and stuff going on. But I, I'll try to give you a, a, a you know a brief hour-plus look at The X-Files and what I liked about that series. 
and and just more to come more trek episodes and more treks in sci-fi over the coming weeks i'm just about out of here uh i am going to end today's show though with uh, rick moyer posted this song he you know he's our, our musical kind of uh person on the website and the forum and everything he usually does the geeky you know trek related songs for the show but this week he, he sent a link or put a post up from youtube of this love song for geeks and i don't know the person's name but i will try to leak it link leak it <laughs> not leak it link it in the podcast notes for this week so listen to this this is a uh, a young woman singing a song just playing a little you know kind of a stringed instrument i don't know what it is i'm not at all musical so you don't want me to sing that's for sure but uh, she's playing this uh, little instrument and then singing this song. And I guess she did it for her boyfriend, I think it says on the YouTube spots here. But anyway, it's a, it, it involves a lot of geeky uh, sci-fi and, you know, fantasy references. I think you'll enjoy it. So, Rico, I am out of here. Rico's out of here. I'm out of here. Yes. And uh, that's about it, everyone. Have a great week. I will talk to you in two weeks. Next week will be that guest podcast, but I will be back with Rick Pete in two weeks uh, for the Klingon show. So always you can check Trucks and Sci-Fi for the current schedule. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. My love knows no boundaries, not when it comes to you. So when I sing this song, you'll know that it's true I'd fight giant aliens for you acid filled with deadly tails seven foot predators too I'd fight hordes of Ewoks to hold your hand zombies, hobbits, vampires and republicans I'd fight Federations of Romulans, Darth Vader too. I'd fight adolescent turtles, left in radioactive goo. I'd fight Wookiees and werewolves to a grisly death. Just so we could watch Star Trek together in high death. I'd find android elves and Vulcans, time-traveling doctors. I'd face Captain Kirk, Obi-Wan, and the Loch Ness Monster. I'd find killer tomatoes, even gum disease, mutated flies, Cylon spies, and flocks of Ferengi. So I'll in my song. With one final plea, will you live long and prosper with me? Oh, will you live long and prosper with me? You've been listening to Treks in Sci-Fi with Rico Dosti. Copyright 2009, all rights reserved. TrexInSciFi.com